you know, then this is what the learning is about. This is what the power of community of mentors, because what we what we learn from one other person and their struggle, we can borrow that. We don't have to suffer in isolation in order to grow, to become a hero. You don't have to just go and fight all of, you know, the Avengers were a team. They didn't go out there, you know, and con conquer devastation on their own. Hi, friends, and welcome to season two of the Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker podcast. I am Debbie, your host, and the creator of what I believe is a sacred space in which I have conversations with individuals from all sectors who are dedicated to elevating consciousness around different aspects of life. With a background in ghostwriting and editing books, content development, and medical journalism, as well as many other side jobs, and several years' experience working for the international nonprofit called the Kabbalah Center, I bring you enlightening conversations with people whose work, knowledge, energy, and insight have helped me open my mind and perspective, alchemize perceived negative situations, live in a healthier body, and experience the world in a deeper, more wondrous way on a daily basis. I also desire to share energy and wisdom that I received from my spiritual teacher, Karen Berg, who was the founder and spiritual director of the Kabbalah Center until her passing in 2020. My aim is that you, the listener, are able to receive what you need to create new possibilities and find greater levels of expansion in your health, relationships, and business. It is my honor to connect with you and be a part of your process. I believe that we are here to support each other on our earthly journey, and I also believe that life's challenges are most effectively tackled from the inside out. Each episode of my show presents another way to do that. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting, and for being with me. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to today's Cosmic Chat with Debbie Sugarbaker. Dr. Richard Olaberger is going to be joining me on today's chat. We're going to be discussing connecting with the hero within, connecting with purpose, and how we can live from our true self. Richard is a clinical psychologist, specializes in sports psychology. So he's working with people on a daily basis, and he just has a lot of insight to share about this idea of overcoming challenges and bringing that true self out into the world and really living from that place and has been doing therapy for many years, as I understand, correct? <laughs> Probably from the womb. From the <laughs> womb. And you also have written a book, right? I have written the book. It is called The Zero Method, Awaken the Hero Within. And the story behind that is that I did a term of service on Skid Row here downtown Los Angeles and for all your listeners across the country Skid Row is an area with the most per capita missions servicing homeless individuals in the United States so uh, it's a very intense place to go visit or work and being down there the only we didn't quite have therapy offices or technology at the time we were working out of like a trailer so it was very uh, grassroots therapy, and the only thing that you could give out was a post-it note, name and the date. My Dr. O4622 uh, appointment, they'd hand it through a window, like giving a ticket at a bus station, and someone over a loudspeaker would call out. So uh, one day they started calling out, Dr. Zero, your, your appointment is here, and uh, 
had a, a clinician down there at the time who drove comics and was very talented in carrying caricatures. So Dr. Zero was born, and in a way, I used to look at that time working on Skid Row as this challenging, harsh reality of futility. And over time, I realized that within going into those areas of uncomfortability is where, in a lot of ways, I grew and became stronger. I got to increase my capacity for loving humanity and for going the extra mile. I got to see some genuine love and support even between clients in achieving sobriety and getting off the street and, and getting back on the street. So, Wow, that's so powerful. Because I believe that in those situations where you feel that, wow, you said futility. I don't know why I'm getting so emotional, but I've been in situations where people I loved have been passing away and situations that seem like really hopeless. But actually, it's in those times where the interactions are the most poignant and the most powerful. Because as human beings, I believe that we like to think that we have control, right? And we do in a certain sense, which we'll talk about today, that we have control over our responses and we can make choices that improve our lives. But when you're in like some of those situations that, you know, are more extreme, I really realize um, that I don't really have so much control, but I can, but those interactions that can come out of those situations are the most beautiful and the most filled with love. Well, it's, it's really hard on so many levels. Like when we talk about trauma in general or anything circumstance in life that we don't feel that we chose. And as clinicians or therapists or coaches or podcast hosts, usually we kind of works creating the environment. We have a certain degree of control. In this instance, and going into that kind of environment, you are challenged at the same time as those that you serve. But the beauty of that is that when you're in that kind of environment, you get to grow and you get to go through a lot of the same uncomfortability that your clients are facing. You get to empathize in a much deeper way. In a lot of ways, you get more out of the experience because you're you're more alive. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that experience. Now, I wanted to get into the book because I know that the people who are listening or that who will listen to this, everybody is interested in awakening that hero within. So what are the steps that you suggest to people, your clients, the people that you work with and you yourself um, to awaken that hero? What is it really all about from your perspective? I think it's about sometimes like you don't realize that there is an opportunity to gain purpose until you sense that you don't have one. So sometimes it's just about what we say in sports psychology, being where your feet are, right? Noticing maybe right now, what are you feeling? What are you noticing in your body? Start with the body. What are you missing in your life? What are you needing more of? Some of it is creating that permission to look inside and then to look forward. What do I want more of? What have I been wanting to create more of? So some of what I give to clients and in the book, each chapter has some sort of a self-assessment exercise of looking at what are your values? You may not even be conscious of the values you're carrying around. Where did you get them from? What did you inherit from your parents, your spiritual practice? What are those which you're trying to achieve more of in your life? So it's a combination of steps to look into your body, look at how you hold emotions Look at ways to slow yourself down, whether it be by using breath, what we call grounding strategies, ways to kind of settle yourself in and get clearer about what your inner voice might be 
about what you've been wanting more of. What have you been wanting to connect more to? Maybe there's, you've been stuck in a role, you've been stuck through a pandemic, like, you know, most people, you feel like life has created circumstances where your voice has not truly gotten to be expressed. For me, that was always in the realm of sports. So learning to follow that voice to express more of what you love, what you're passionate about, or even get curious about what you could be passionate about is part of it. It's also a process of allowing others in your life into that discussion, having accountability. For men in particular, this is really an area that is a challenge in terms of growth, letting others in to help them grow in the areas which are outside of the roles that may have been kind of pre-assigned to them. Yeah, because definitely men have grown up differently in terms of being able to express emotion and deal with emotions. I don't want to generalize to every human being. I have some friends I was raised with that were like really in touch emotionally and amazing at expressing themselves. So obviously we don't want to generalize on everyone, but in general, the checklist goals, what I call checklist goals that I was raised around and I wasn't even conscious of them involved achievement, involved of a red sports car that I had a thought I couldn't even really date or develop a deep relationship with someone until I had certain things. So I think evaluating these stories we tell ourselves about right. our worth and our value, that is something that we want to do in order to get clearer about who we really want to be because we can basically separate the you know, the forest from the trees, right? If we are only going after these checklist goals, we may miss these opportunities to, as Adam Grant calls it, think again, look inside, say, wait a minute, I always wanted to be a podcast host. I always wanted to, right, have a hobby or explore something creative. And yet every time that voice comes up, we squash it because it doesn't fit into our pre-assigned checklist or roles, which we've adopted. Yeah, sometimes we think even in the world of spiritual growth or well-being, personal growth, sometimes you think like, oh, once I get to this point, then I can have the relationship. Like, I remember I had that. And once I reach this goal, then I can draw somebody into my life because that external goal will mean that I'm then worthy enough to have somebody in my life, right? And I actually remember the evening where I realized, wow, this feeling of like, I'm not of not enoughness, you know, is not going to be put away by me reaching this external goal, and then somebody will come, right? So instead of like thinking that I have to do x, y, and z, what I really needed to do was for me, I worked on some reprogramming my subconscious and doing some energy work to really get into a space and make that big change, which was that I felt enough right now. Oh, and I know you do a lot of that healing work, and that, that is some of what I do with my clients, is, is examining these unconscious beliefs. What are the stories that we've been telling ourselves not even be aware of, and we don't realize, why am I overworking? At, at what point is it enough work? At what point is it enough money, enough trips? You know, And if we have a belief of, yeah, I'm not worthy of love, if we're holding up that carrot that only when I'm successful can I be loved, it's kind of uh, we're running a little bit of a uh, you know a racket where we, we play we play these games on ourselves which prevent us from getting the things we need. So that's right. what the hero is about. This isn't just about somebody who can lift up a fire truck to save someone from danger. This is about right. Can I within myself give myself the permission to be loved, to give love, to be in where you know your feet are right now, to be present 
with yourself and love yourself even in the incompleteness, even in the process of growing, even in exactly you know, in, in not yet being to where you may have a goal of achieving wealth or having things. And that's okay. I, I want there to be real physical goals, you know, even in being who you want to be, right? Like you have, you have this person that you want to be and you're not there yet. You're enough in the process. How many nurses, how many doctors, which are saving lives believe, am I good enough? Am I worthy? And they, they feel like they're the only one. Especially now with social media and out into the world. And you see all of these things. And for women, you see all of these pictures and this and ideals. And it's crazy. It's so obvious, like what's going on. But it's e so easy to fall into that illusion. I think like I have to look like this or be like this in order to be enough and to be worthy of love. And it's just not true. Because the reality is, is that each one of us is like this divine, we have a part of us that's connected to infinite divine intelligence. Yeah. And we just release these programs. And there is, you know, the things that are aligned with our true self and with our soul are going to be so much more powerful than the things that we try to get feeling enough or, you know, reaching those external goals. But like you said, I'm not saying that it's not good to have the external goals. It's that you can achieve it in the now, right? You said it early on, you know, the power of choice, and we realize it because automatically I, I grab my phone almost first thing in the day and, you know, the notification first, like we're not even aware sometimes of how much we're absorbing. And so the question then becomes, where am I choosing to put myself? Where's the environment that I'm choosing? You know, how clear am I on my daily practices that bring me closer to who I want to be? And am I affirming my beauty? my success? Am I noticing all the accomplishments, all the things that I'm setting out to do that I am doing? Am I celebrating that I am acting like a hero that, or in that moment when I acted with right. kind of stranger towards a coworker, I can celebrate that win. That's so important. Celebrating the wins. That's something that I'm really been trying to practice myself because the natural inclination is just to always see like, oh, I haven't achieved that yet. And just to always look kind of more towards the negative. Even though I always thought I was a really positive, optimistic person, I've been noticing recently like just how often my brain automatically goes like, oh, it's not enough. I didn't do enough for this. I'm not there yet. And then I have to stop myself and say, listen, wow, you know what? I did that one thing. That's amazing. Or I really made an effort there and that was like a beautiful effort. And I think that that's the change that needs to happen rather than reaching the goal. Like, that's the point of the process, right? Is to become different in the process. That's right. That's right. Whether you call it, you know, not being reactive or, or acting above the line, right? There's there's ways in which or, or aligning with your higher self. You know, we can see those kind of messages or that discussion we have with ourselves. It's basic survival psychology. It's kind of this thing tapping on the shoulder going, are you sure that there's enough resources? Are you sure today that there'll be shelter, food, and clothing? And it's it's there to protect us. See it as a messenger and learn to have a healthy conversation with it or put it down with the breath, put it down on the side. Once we affirm that we are okay and safe, obviously, if you're in any kind of situation, any kind of danger, I want you to listen to protecting yourself or getting yourself there. But for most of us, you know, living in a place where we do have our basic needs met, being able to tap into embracing the challenge from the place of your strength is what's going to keep you 
towards growing, learning, curiosity. Talk about purpose, right? To get these higher levels of the pyramid coming from this place of fullness. Like it's incredible that we are to begin with. Then we start to interject those thoughts of doubt, of self-depreciation. We, we keep ourselves surviving. We right. will work harder. I will do more. I'll keep busy spinning in a circle if I'm not going anywhere. And, and that's where a lot of, you know, the stories from the book come about. I, you know, I share stories about being in college and reacting to loss of finance in the family. But I, I worked four or five jobs. It didn't move me forward. <laughs> to be really a bad decision in terms of my academic career. So, you know, and this is what the learning is about. This is what the power of community of mentors, because what we, what we learn from one other person and their struggle, we can borrow that. We don't have to suffer in isolation in order to grow, to become a hero. You don't have to just go and fight all of, you know, the Avengers were a team. They didn't go out there, you know, and con conquer devastation on their own. Exactly. And the other thing about the Avengers and about, Wonder Woman or any of them is that they were in their power. They were in their full power. Sometimes if you've gone through things and this is something I can relate to, you know, I, like I said, I lost different family members. My brother, my younger brother had very hard struggles with mental things. And it's a reminder for me that the most powerful place I can be in. And also, you know, you hear about people suffering all over the world. And a lot of us who are really empathic or, you know, identify as an empath, which I think that most human beings are actually at our core. One step to say is like, you know, if I want to be that superhero, it means that I need to be in my power. And from there, I can be the, the brightest light for the people around me. Because somehow you feel like, oh, I need to, maybe this is like a Pisces thing, like somehow I need to sacrifice myself or I can't be happy because, or all those like different belief systems that we that we have. And I've worked with clients that I've had on releasing those and really being able to, to be the brightest light that I can be and knowing that by connecting to my purpose, I am benefiting the whole. Because when I'm in that space, it means that I'm trusting this divine intelligence. I'm in flow. And this divine intelligence is in every single person around me and in the world. The more that I can connect to it and, and channel that light to the world, the brighter it is for everyone. Basically, the idea of don't dim your light. You know, don't dim your light. Shine as bright as you can. That's part of, I think, being that hero. Hi, guys. I'm quickly interrupting this episode to let you know that you can now support the Cosmic Chats on Patreon. Check out my page, Debbie Sugarbaker Cosmic Chats, and feel free to become a monthly donor. We so appreciate it, and it helps us to keep this show going, to get this information, this wisdom, this energy out there on the waves and touching hearts and souls like yours. Thank you so much in advance and enjoy the rest of the episode. Now, the next question that I wanted to ask you about is that you're also a sports psychologist. And I think that this is really interesting because you make the analogies of you know, the superheroes and being in your own power and being able to share and to shine from that place. But what is it that you do in sports psychology? Because I find it very interesting. And for me personally, sports metaphors are very helpful in terms of me dealing with myself and, you know, working with clients on belief systems, because, you know, being a human being, it's like we're, we're part of a team. You also can, can play single sports, but you're also part of a team and we learn how to be happy for our teammates and how to 
establish relationships and all that kind of stuff. So I'd love to hear like what got you into to sports psychology and maybe a few points about it. Thank you. You know, it's funny. The more you talk about it, I always talk in sports metaphors and I'm drawn towards those who think in sports metaphors. And then my ignorance gets illuminated about uh, those who do operate individually. And so I love learning about new sports and my the excitement about being in sports psychology is I've had clients come to me from such a variety of different backgrounds. And this year I had my first trap shooting client. So it was apparently is an Olympic sport. So constantly developing and growing. But like I mentioned to you, I realized that through all my grinding and hard work and academia and pushing forward and becoming a parent, did not give myself a permission to kind of complete my study and my passion. And I asked myself, what would I go back and study if it could be anything? And, And what if I could make this possible? And while I was sitting in a forensic psychology hospital, was taking classes on sports psychology and found ways to get in touch with the national board and petition for each and every class that I could take. And and up until uh, I only completed this probably about four or five years ago, an official certification, went back and, and found every which way to stay involved through through youth sports and just continued my learning, became very selfish about that, that this was an area within me that... I was so curious and so excited. I couldn't turn it off. I can't watch a sporting event like I mentioned. I can't have a conversation without thinking about a metaphor. And it's just something that makes my, I feel all the neurons firing inside of me. I get excited when I see teammates interacting, when I see my son with his teammates, how they've developed culturally, the relationships they've formed, the way in which an athlete builds confidence with themselves, develops habits success. So all these things excite me and learning the mechanism in a lot of ways, sports psychology, you know, most times athletes are reaching out because uh, there's a performance issue. There's a way in which they like to execute or reach a higher level of success, or they've been through an injury or a setback or grief and loss. And it's in, it's impacting how they perform. So not that there's one set reason why athletes reach out or they're an adult who's also a professional and wants to keep going after their tennis or golf career. Right. And they're having those same thoughts. Gee, I'm not the 20 year old anymore. They're competing. They have that same story, right? Am I good enough? Can I hack it? Can I make it? So developing a relationship around, you know, where do you want to grow? Where do you find joy? How do we accentuate that? What are goals that are realistic? Can we continue to create an evaluation process of looking at success, not just by the amount of goals we put in the net or games we win, but how did you speak to yourself after you missed? How did you react when the opposing team called you a name or when the coach spoke to you? Or what are those reactions? You can start to gain more insight and information. So I think it's profound. I think that a lot of lessons in life are learned through competition and through applying yourself to become better at anything, whether it be a hobby outside of sports. But, you know, sports is one arena where it's kind of easy to measure how you step across the line and how you act, how you prepare for it, how you treat yourself in terms of your mental preparation and um, and results, right? Ideally, we like to be able to track and measure some form of results. And like you said, maybe that's about If I'm on a team and in this team, I'm not playing as much or I'm injured, can I be a great teammate? 
what are the controllables? What are the things in your universe that you right. can responsibility for and work towards and measure growth? And, and that's profound because I think in general in life, there are these circumstances which we don't have control of and change right. happens. is the only constant that I know of. Yeah. And also like just a lot of things that you just said, wow, that was a lot of information and so much of it can be applied even outside of sports, you know, to life. Like you said, what are your habits? How do you want to perform better? How do you respond when you, you know, miss the shot? How do you keep yourself up? How do you encourage your teammates? How do you encourage yourself? Like there's so many things like that. It's just such a beautiful way, I believe, to see life. It's something my dad always he always spoke in sports metaphors too when he was teaching surgeons about surgery and he loved like Tom Brady and he always had all these different metaphors, but that he was applying it to surgery, but it's also can be very much applied to life. Even well, just the habits, it can be life-changing. My last session was with a nurse and, and being self-deprecating over asking for her help. Maybe that shows a sign of weakness. And so we were reevaluating well, what's the attitude around asking for help and support? What if we decided that your path to success and being a good teammate and creating safety was always about double-checking your ideas? 100%. I can kind of relate to the people in the medical field because I grew up in a family like that. And even though I'm not in the medical field and I wasn't, I still was more the kind who was like, what, I can take care of everything, you know, hard to receive help. Like, I like to be the, the caretaker, you know. But you definitely need to have a balance. And especially recently, you know, I've been learning and a lot of people that I know, one of the biggest things that we can learn is how to receive and to receive with the right consciousness. Because when you receive, you're giving the person the opportunity to share and to do something that's making the world better because you're able to receive the help. So we often see it backwards. We think that if I'm the giver, that means that I'm the one who's, you know, receiving, but really it's sometimes to receive with the right consciousness. Even if it's uncomfortable, you're giving the person a chance to share. And that's really, it's very Kabbalistic. Also, if anybody's interested in learning about Kabbalah, it's all about that. It's all about learning about energies of sharing, of receiving, and of being able to find the balance between the two, because that's a lot of what this life is about. You mentioned it, whether it be spirituality, you know, and a lot of, right, awakening the hero is, you know, in the men's work I do is about how do I get in touch with something that I don't even know that I may not be seeing? How do right. I become aware when I may be unaware and in the dark? And so if we are just looking at what we know to do and what we feel we're strong at, then operating with blinders on. So becoming supportable is a term I think they use in, in AA. Is, is having an accountability partners. It's letting others give us feedback. Feedback is essential, right? We've heard it over and over. To be an athlete, you need to be willing to fail countlessly. Many times you see you're watching a basketball game and an athlete falls down and then gets back in the play and gives all their effort. So these are the kind of things that, that I want us all to pay attention to, to build upon because there could be something in the area that I feel weak the area that I am not strong in which I, my vulnerability around that could bring others close to me. Exactly. The male I embraced that I was scared of being close and I only feel comfortable in business or at work, right? I could, I could look for ways to get help around that. I could look for those that were more empathic. I could pay attention a little bit right. more. 
But if we're not looking, if we're just in fear and we're not conscious of that fear, then we can't grow. We, we can't grow if we're not asking for help and we're not looking deeper beneath the hood at the areas that we want to grow. And if we're not looking to become the fullest version of ourselves, hero is expressed. The hero is manifest, right? They kind of have to make that choice, right? Do I put on the gear? Do I throw on the cape? Is it time? Rise for the call. I think that like trust is really important here in cultivating a relationship to, at least for me, it's like the most important thing that I, in my life is cultivating relationship to call it your higher self your soul, the creator, that I believe is really crucial. I know that that's kind of outside of the, the realm of, of psychology, but I, it's, it's huge because when you realize that, you know, even the person who wants to come and share with you or by allowing others in, you're allowing that light of the creator. I'm going to go spiritual here. You're allowing that light into your life in a bigger way and realizing by involving other people, I'm involving the light more in my life. doesn't mean that I don't know how to have boundaries and I don't know how to stand my ground when needed and everything. Obviously, we learn all the ways to balance that energy. One of the people who came on my podcast, her name is Batia Solomon, and she had a near-death experience, which she explained on this podcast. And one thing that she has said several times is that we're here in this world to become better managers of energy, like energy managers. And we're a part of this divine intelligence and we're so much bigger than we know, but we're kind of in this confined reality. There are constrictions in the physical world. And we're like these infinite beings who come in, take on these human body suits. I think she called them or something like that. They're like space suits kind of, but earthly, earthly suits, these bodies. And they give us a chance to learn how to manage energy and learn how to love and to be loved. So we, we kind of come into this world as like pure love. And then we're like, oh, wait, in order to be loved, I need to be like that. And, you know, there's all these belief systems of ancestors and parents. So then I think at some point it becomes a big part of our journey, learning how to receive love. And first of all, how to love ourselves in the way that we really want to be loved. Absolutely. And, and, and the way that we want to give. Yeah, become aware of the things we're carrying, right? The intergenerational peace, the the, the cross-cultural, what are we carrying forward? What are we holding? What are we protecting in our family? What are we picking up that we perceived our father didn't do? And it may not be conscious. So I like how you bring in, right, the spiritual component. And certainly, you know, as a, as a fellow spiritual student, someone who's also studied Kabbalah, you know, understand each one of my clients, every you know, my children, everyone I meet is a messenger. They're there to, to teach me. Right. There's a reason why this client, why did this client call me? Why did this young man call me who's in this sport that I don't know? What, why are they here in front of me? What's the opportunity we have? Exactly. Like sometimes we even if it's like feels a little bit uncomfortable or it can be like a major relationship that perhaps has brought you through kind of like how you deal with a lot of things? You can say like, you know what? It's actually a gift. Greatest gifts don't always come in the, in like the pretty package, like just handed you on a silver platter. They come through sometimes things that are challenging, like a challenging relationship that, for example, in my life forces me to step into a different part of myself and to own more of who I am and to learn about boundaries. And yeah, that's not a comfortable process to go through, but 
inevitably it's in allowing you to become more of that hero, bring more of that inner hero out. And I just wanted to say one more thing. just wanted to briefly interrupt this episode to remind you that you can find all of my cosmic chats with video on my IGTV handle at Debbie Sugarbee. That's at D-E-B-B-I-E-S-U-G-A-R-B. There, you can also find a link in my bio to support my work or to sign up for a one-on-one theta healing session with me. about the self-love thing was that I, I've recently posted a uh, meditation that was by Karen Berg. She was uh, my spiritual teacher. I know that you're also, you know, connected with Karen. Karen did a, a, uh, it was just a simple meditation, but she was talking about unconditional love, you know, and that we come into the world and then there's all these conditions. And the idea that if we don't know how to love ourselves, it's almost like we're not even connected to our own being like that self-love is so key and we throw that term around all the time but to really like I'm I'm kind of going into it on a deeper level like what does it really mean to to love myself and to respect myself and to give myself like space to make a mistake and to not beat up on myself and to not be constantly in this place of like feeling like I'm not there yet but giving myself that love and that affirmation like you said celebrating the wins you know, and that creating a vessel for more love for me to give out into the world. And if anybody wants to see that video, that meditation, which is so incredibly powerful, you can go to my Facebook page and I shared it like three or four days ago. Yeah, I was so thankful that you posted that. And it's so important. And it's a, it's probably an industry hazard, right? Where we become teachers, we become healers, but we're looking outside. We're looking to correct in the world maybe that which we saw missing. But if we don't start from that place of embracing, loving, caring for ourselves with all the wounds, with right. all the scratches, with all the imperfections, right. what we're is not the fullest version of what we give to others when we come from that place. Be all the more beautiful because our client, our family, our partners get to see all of us, not just the parts that we feel polished Exactly. And then you feel so much more like integrated as a person, you know, because the the lessons are actually being integrated and then you can present so much more. What I aspire to give out is like a genuine energy that brings value and benefit. And I know that for me, the best way to do that is for, for me, everybody's process is different. Obviously, you've spent many years learning how to do therapy. And I always have so much respect, by the way, for for a therapist and the way that they're able to guide people with so much structure. But for me also, I feel like the more that I can overcome in myself and kind of be an embodiment of this self-love and like show by, by just by doing and embodying an energy, then that energy radiates outward and can benefit people in whatever way it needs to. Yeah. I mean, I, I really love what you're doing and how you're embracing it. I mean, uh, we, we share a mutual friend and, and Peter Sobe who helped me do start my podcast when I left the County and, and, it was so funny. I always say the gift, you know, uh, Peter would walk out and he'd say in each podcast, Richard, how come you only spoke for five minutes today? Or how come you didn't, you didn't ask any questions? And it was this great feedback of I was so in my head about trying to be perfect, like a, a PhD. And, and was it intelligent enough? And was it good enough? 
and I was probably causing myself to be in like, you know, pouring sweat. And uh, finally, when I just embrace, like, just have fun, just say what you feel, be, you know, the, the, we used to get the best clips of the podcast, the minute we'd stop recording, or we thought we stopped recording, and the minute we were just relating, the guy who was doing the board, the sound would go, that, that was the best part, <laughs> you know, that was the realest discussion that you got right there. So yeah, allowing yourself to be unfiltered, and like you said, to come from this awareness, if I just show up and bring value. If I'm even on the search for purpose, if right. even I'm trying to be more purposeful today, you ask me what tips and tools can we share right, for anyone who's joined us today or anyone who will listen to this, what can you do more to be connected to purpose today? What's one thing you can do to you know, have more gratitude? What's one way in which you could get connected to your purpose in the smallest way possible? You know, So focusing on small actions is okay right that may be that's all within our locus of control when we are handling so many responsibilities but i feel empowered in that space i want you to track every step you move we're becoming more of that beautiful those small steps celebrating the small wins noticing the things that maybe you didn't notice before noticing the the loops of self-talk that isn't helpful you know or beating yourself i'm just being able to stop that it's like one step like in, the, in a beautiful direction. Right. So, the, yeah, there's building up positive self-talk, but initially it may be, and there's a whole chapter on just stopping. Just right. know you're doing that. If you don't know how to isolate to yourself or be kind, maybe just notice when you're being harsh. Notice if your inner critic is turned up too loud and just pausing right there. Right. And steps that I outline in there, right? How to go inside, how to slow that down, how to develop kind of an internal thermometer to track what's happening inside of you. Because getting to know your body and sensations and your breath are going to be gifts and tools that will shift everything else. This and is it, huge. I completely agree with that. It's been life-changing for me, the breath work. And, you know, you can release things on such a deeper level than you can only coming from the mind, even if you just take like in one second, if right now, if I, if I say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to center in my heart space and take a breath. <sighs> Set aside anything that's in your, all the things you're worried about and all the things that are swirling in your mind and just step into your heart space. It's such a powerful way to recenter yourself and then to move forward. Yeah. Anything you do, just right then, immediately just taking the breath, I felt like connected to everyone who's present with us today, everyone who's listening, everyone's taking time to try and discover for them, what does it mean, what would it mean for me, even just to take a time to answer that question to yourself this evening, what would it mean for me to get more in touch with my inner hero, what would it look like? Right, and to know that you can, and that it's possible, and that it's possible to live in a different framework than you are right now. Sometimes we think that the challenges or the energetic framework that we've been, maybe it's been like that for so many years. So it's how am I ever going to break out of that and be in a different framework? Well, it's definitely possible. And just sending everybody a lot of solar plexus, strength, self-confidence kind of energy, like from this core that you can and you, you can overcome it and you will overcome it. Yes. Yes. And you can and you can contact Richard if you need help. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's part of what we do, right? We'll practice slowing it down. We'll practice getting the breath. And we'll practice visualizing, right? Even have you ever seen yourself? What's a glimpse you got in your life? 
What was a moment you got a taste of this feeling of when you really trusted yourself? Did you have this feeling one time or for a short period of time? And right. you get a glimpse. And what would it be like if you could live more of that? Can we project it forward? Can we visualize it so we can step into the power of our minds? Beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Richard, for joining me today. I hope that this nourishes your spirit and feeds your mind with new thoughts and opens doors for you. Check out Richard's book, The Zero Method, Awakening the Hero Within. Is it available on Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's an ebook. Okay. So check it out. Amazon. And it's an ebook. The ebook's available. Paperback is on pre-order. My podcast on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts is Richard Listens. And to contact me for help for you or someone you know, also richardlistens.com or on Instagram. And do you, do you take clients only in the Los Angeles area or like one-on-one -on -one therapy or can you do on Zoom? can do, I uh, have different online platforms. So I can do uh, online, That's most of my, only one day a week in the office, a lot more virtual. So, Yeah, that's the, that's this day and age. So, okay, that's yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much again. Have a beautiful day, everybody. I truly hope that this episode nourished your spirit and or opened you to a deeper level of connection or a higher perspective. Please subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and leave me a review. I appreciate your support. You can also take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram, and I'll add it to my story. Until next time, be well, take care, lots of love, magic, joy, opportunities, and blessing always. Bye-bye. Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker is a production of Yali Christina Podcast Services.